Hello and welcome to Premier League on Tap, your FPL Draft podcast. My name is Nate. Joining me today is Zach and Peter. The whole crew is here this week. Zach, how you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. I'm uh, very content with uh, tacos, mezcal, tostadas, and uh, all sorts of other Mexican foods and drinks. And I maybe I'm a little bit uh, short of some FPL knowledge for this week, so glad you guys could kind of pull me along for the ride um should be a should be a good one though today yeah peter how are you man what's new oh just uh you know basking in the in the pedro poro news and (laughs) and then ultimately confused by the doherty contract termination yeah that was a strange turn of events It, it was odd other than that i'm looking forward to seeing how many of these you know 10 to you know 12 guys that were signed over the last few days might actually become uh, fantasy relevant so mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit but yeah doing good it's always the biggest guest of the window uh like we're saying the january transfer window is finally shut i believe at the time of recording this it's about i don't know 1 a.m there in the uk so uh there's been quite a bit of movement across the premier league and one suggestion i do have for everybody that plays this game is to keep up to date um on all new january transfers and their fantrax fantasy potential so check out at draft lad on twitter the work he's doing is awesome um, he's got stats going according to the leagues they're coming from and uh, he's got a whole entire spreadsheet of it so definitely go check that out something i recommend for everybody i will definitely be using it myself um, but without further ado let's jump into game week 22 uh, we're starting off on a Friday this week. We've got Chelsea, who apparently has signed everyone under the sun, versus Fulham. Chelsea favored by a goal with an over-under of 2.5 in this matchup. Uh, Peter, why don't you kick us off going over Chelsea here? Yeah, Chelsea are interesting at the moment because there's a lot of in, a lot of incomings, you know, some some outgoings, but they've They've spent a lot of money. They've spent more money this January than Bournemouth has since World War One. So, if 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 some of these these guys don't work out, then it's it's going to be embarrassing. So, but I mean, there's a lot of opportunities that you know this week where we're going to see guys that we don't know. Is 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 Ziyech going to not go to PSG and stay here and continue to to be an option? Because if so. He's been pretty well, or he's done pretty well starting recently. You've got Nani Madueke that, once again, he's kind of a question mark. We'll see how he pans out and whether or not he's going to be in the manager's good graces. But obviously, if he's uh, if he's starting, you're starting him. If you manage to get him off waivers, and then I've got a I've got a Gallagher stream simply because this may be the last time you see him for a while in any sort of major capacity with it looks like the Enzo Fernandez transfer is going to happen. So I think there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of Chelsea opportunities for fantasy managers coming up if people, you know, don't get the result they're looking for after after one game from like Noni Madueke or or you know others. So it's mm-hmm. a, it's a it's a strange one right now. Yeah, yeah, this uh this window for Chelsea has been absolutely insane. So the players that you drafted, especially those in the attack, like your Sterling um, or even like Havertz, uh, whoever it may be up top, those positions are pretty uh, 
wide open and they could be heavily rotated and the midfield's getting a little murky too so it's be strange times ahead for anybody that owns those chelsea assets uh zach you got anything to add on this chelsea squad yeah i mean i don't know if we have full confidence in them right now um i know they've got a couple of transfers coming in i'm a bit worried that you might just kind of have too many changes going on um but you know we'll see how many of those end up actually making it into the starting 11 uh but like peter said i i do like ziak here if he starts but uh, i know that deal you know he could be a little bit angry about that so i'm wondering if he ends up kind of having a tantrum and not playing for the rest of the season yeah it sounds like he actually went to france today in anticipation of the transfer but they didn't yeah. get it done in time so psg are actually petitioning uh for, for for some reason i don't know all the all the legalities of it but it sounds like there's more to come and he he may still get his move he may not but if he stays you know he's still yeah. fantasy relevant huh. I, I saw something like they sent the wrong forms <laughs> it's crazy that, how that can happen it, yeah you'd think it, like three times or something like that jesus you'd, you'd think that people get paid enough to not do that so i almost don't believe it but yeah it'd be hilarious if that was true yeah i mean as far as this chelsea full matchup goes I, this seems a little bit of one of those one-sided matchups to where chelsea's defense with betty Achille back there and tiago silva it's kind of solidified and they've become much better defensively in the last few weeks so if you have your Fulham assets, you're obviously going to start Mitrovic and Pereira, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. And, you know, there's a question to be made about Willian, too, but I think he's the outlier. If you've got a better option with a better matchup, then, you know, maybe, maybe sit him on the bench this week. Yeah. Um, Zach, would you be looking at any other Fulham assets besides maybe those two or three players? <clears throat> well, Tate's kind of entering that territory of you know start every week and uh i don't know I'd, I'd be interested to hear your guys opinion on him because i know it's not like an exciting matchup away from home other team favored by a goal but i don't know who else you're starting this week that you're in complete love with I mean, yeah. I, I think you're starting Tete most weeks, but I've got him avoid this week simply because he's, you know, he's got to deal with Mudrik. And actually, now, Mudrik may have some sort of, you know, slap on the wrist for something he said in a, in a TikTok video a while back, and they're, the FA's investigating it. So you actually may see some sort of Mudrik suspension. Not sure, but if he is playing... I'm, I'm, this may be the week I try to avoid playing Kenny Tete just because Mudrik seems like... He's 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 the bait for yellow cards. I know initially his his matchup was James Milner, and that was always bound to happen. But he mm-hmm. you know he looks scary to have to try to guard all game. Yeah, I would say definitely see who Tete is going to be going up against. If it is Mudrik, then I agree. I probably wouldn't start him this week. Definitely continue to roster him he has been performing well but i think he's probably a bench this week if he goes up against mudrick depending on who else could start in that spot if mudrick is oddly suspended for a video 
Um, but uh, that one's just kind of remains to be seen. Uh, yeah. Anything else from uh, these sides here? No. Let's move on. All righty. Starting off with our Saturday games, we've got Everton hosting Arsenal. Arsenal favored by a goal and a half with an over-under of two and a half. Um, I mean, where do you really begin with this one? You bench your Everton assets and you start all your Arsenal assets. Does this kind of seem like the play here, Peter? Yeah. I mean, Everton or Sean Dyche is in, so some sort of change is coming, but, you know, they they didn't do much in the window. They they lost Anthony Gordon and uh, yeah, this one's self-explanatory. I don't know. I don't have much else to add. I mean, it's the outcome seems fairly straightforward. I mean, they didn't do anything in the window actually. No, I don't think they signed anyone. They're saying, are we really going to um, say our only signing in January is going to be Andrews Townsend coming back from injury? Yeah. Um, so when that's the status of things, it's not overly positive, but I do actually like the appointment of Deitch for this team. I think he actually is what they need. So from a team perspective, I could see them doing a bit better, and Tarkovsky is going to be the biggest uh, beneficiary, clearly, reunited with his old manager and really just suffering from the number of goals being put away on them. So I think most people would agree that the defense should get better, but we – might not see assets like DCL really grow in stock at all. If anything, that might go down more. It depends on if uh, Dyche comes in and wants to play Burnley ball because DCL might benefit from that because I know He's good Ashley Barnes, Chris Wood were pretty solid. So yeah, they're a little bigger than him. He's de- he's decent in the air. He definitely is. He's not he's not uh you know small but i don't know if he's quite at the aerial capabilities of those two fellas mm-hmm. well i think i think he's different in the air like those two guys were powerhouses and they just used their their strength to really hold off exactly. defenders and, and kind of keep the keep the offensive play going i mean dcl i mean he's more anticipatory in the air and mm-hmm. and he's a real like power leaper i mean he yeah. anticipates crosses into the box and he goes and attacks them those other two guys yeah, they won a lot of headers but shots. yeah i mean those guys weren't directing it on goal with any sort of power a lot they were just they were just kind of playing keepy uppy putting the pressure on the defense <laughs> to try to clear i mean dcl when he gets his head on the ball he's usually you know he has some sort of momentum towards goal and you know but still they got they got to get some crosses into the box which they lost one of their most dynamic wingers it's going to get even tougher i think Mm -hmm. i I I do think that that... a couple different ways so that's an interesting take i didn't really think of it that way yeah i do think especially with the news that gordon uh now is with newcastle i think it brings mcneil back into the fold and uh he's definitely worth a pickup for a roster spot if you have the availability and i would kind of i wouldn't really use this Everton Arsenal match as like the barometer of how Everton are going to play seeing as they're going up against a white hot Arsenal side that's leading the league right now Um, but just you can at least get a sense of the shape that Dyche wants to play with 
is it going to be a carbon copy of Burnley or is it going to be a little different with, I don't know, maybe some more athletic players? Um, who knows? I kind of want to see this matchup as like an eye test to see how Everton respond with Dyche coming in. So um, this will be an interesting one. But uh, Peter, does Arsenal, I mean, your assets that you have with Arsenal, you're starting them pretty much week in, week out, no matter what. Are all of the defenders in play here? Yeah. I mean, even if even if he's not going to, but even if, like, Kieran Tierney starts over Zinchenko, I might, yeah, I might go pick him up. Because at, he, first of all, he's not going to be half, having to go up against Amari Gray, who's kind of their most dynamic creator now. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. Uh, let's start start them all and that's it Zach do you have anything to add on this one no I I concur it's it's mostly an eye test on the Arsenal side and or on the Everton side my bad and Arsenal well they're both eye tests of different variety yeah um, <laughs> Arsenal you're starting everyone in, Ever- in Everton you're, you're starting pretty much nobody so um one quick thing before we jump over to the next game uh Jorginho switching from Chelsea to Arsenal is he worth playing because his scores were not fantastic and the only reason that you really rostered him nine times out of ten was that he's on pens do you think he's even going to take penalties for Arsenal Zach no you're you leave Saka in charge of those I believe and um, I, I don't even think he starts I'm not picking him up even in a 14 team league personally uh, it's a wait and see if you have the space I I guess like I don't see him scoring much better than Chaka and I don't see him getting like many minutes so there's not really a whole lot there Peter are you going to pick him up at all? No never not <laughs> even when he was with Chelsea Fair enough. All righty, let's move on here. We've got Villa hosting Leicester City. Villa favored by half a goal with an over-under of two and a half. Um, Villa been one one of the more exciting teams since uh, Unai Emery took over. They won a few games here and there. I think they've lost one and drawn one in there as well. Uh, the attackers are kind of on a rebound. I know about... Oh, game week 10, 12, I was writing off all the Villa assets all together. So get rid of them. I don't want anything to do with them. Get out of my club. Uh, but now they're back. So I think Emmy's in play, Ollie's in play, Bailey's in play. Uh, Peter, who else besides those like front three are you looking at either starting or possibly streaming from this Villa side? Uh, well, I, you know, Alex Moreno is the kind of the new, you know, flavor of the week for me, and I've ma- managed to grab him in the league. I'm starting him. I would stream Douglas Louise. You know, he's he seems to uh, he's got Buba, he's got um, uh, Kamara behind him who is really kind of got himself bedded into that team, and it'll, it'll, and it allows Douglas Louise a little bit more freedom. And it's and what it's honestly what it's allowed him to do is he doesn't really have to be the main aggressor every time so he uh 
he's getting less yellow cards. And so, and it allows him a little bit of freedom to kind of drift up more and be involved in the buildup rather than have to be that holding midfielder. So I like, uh, yeah, I mean, I like Douglas Louise there. I think he's a good option. And, you know, he's, he's trying to, he's trying to whip in those corner kicks for goals every time, which is always a nice plus if he succeeds every now and then. What do you think about um, the Leicester city options? Uh, I mean, they're away from home and they've looked like hot garbage. They might have uh, Sutar at center back. I know he's already getting pumped up in the Twitter space uh, for all the aerials he's going to get, similar to like a Tarkowski, I guess. Um, You know, we saw Leicester City earlier in the year get like, I think they had a streak of eight games where they got six clean sheets. Partner him with Fout Face, see the new signing with Christensen come in, maybe. I know... Raj is a little bit uh, hesitant about saying he's going to want to start him, but he definitely looked better than Thomas and Joseph Castagna. I mean, that defense looks like it might be something. Do you have any faith in them this week? Oh, honestly, no. I mean, once they can rid themselves as of uh, Daniel Lamarty, which you know is my just my least favorite, that's a step in the right direction, but not until I see some sort of uh, – some sort of defensive game plan. I mean, I, I you know, Castagna, even though he's in a, a, a weak defense this year, he's, you know, he's, he's honestly a great defensive option. The other three across the back, I mean, I'm not going to take a shot at one of their new guys. Um, but, you know, Madison could be back this week for Leicester. He should be starting. So that's a big boost to the, to the offensive assets. And, you know, Tete, is, uh, and this is not Kenny Tete from, from earlier. This is Tete, who they just signed from Lyon. You know, he's a crafty winger. He's he's left-footed, and he looks like he plays very close to the way Mares does. I that, you, you know, that might be the what attracted Leicester since they've really struggled to kind of fill that that right-sided gap since Mares left. You know, left side, they've got Harvey Barnes, who's, you know, he's that's his. But So Tete's one to watch. He might even be one that you spend like a, you know, a middle to late, you know, waiver wire or, you know, 10, 15% to your fab on in, in case he really, you know, kind of becomes a strong offensive asset for Lester, which, which is possible. It's he'd, he'd be worth a shot for me. Yeah. I agree with that one. I think out of yeah, this window right now, it's looking like Poro might be my number one, but Tete, I think could maybe fly under people's radars just cause he's not going to a great team. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he's kind of deployed too because I think Madison was the one that kind of took up that like position. And so does Madison just shift to the central midfield full-time? Tete comes in. Uh, definitely one to watch and one of the more exciting ones for sure. I think he has probably the highest, maybe close to the highest upside of like all of the January signings. Um, obviously the wingers for Chelsea are up there too, Pedro Porro as well. But um, yeah, I mean, if he can become, I don't know, 80% of Mares, I would take that in a heartbeat. Yeah, and he's one you may, able, may be able to grab as everybody's kind of swooning over the multitude of Chelsea assets, you know, mm-hmm. even though Enzo Fernandez is not going to be, you know, he's a kind of a box to box midfielder. People are gonna, you know, they're gonna go crazy for him just just because of the price tag and you know, 
he could score compar- comparably or even less than Tete if Tete can really get himself up and running quickly. He yeah. could score like a Conte almost. I mean, if he plays 90 minutes every game and is a youthful, dynamic player. You talk uh, about you talk about Fernandez. Yeah, yeah, he could. I mean, I'm not I'm not suggesting. I think that's his top ceiling. Mm-hmm. But that there's the possibility. I mean, you want a guy who's going to play the whole game. The one thing I will say is is I don't know about this is more of a broad scoped question, but have you felt like there's been a lot more forwards lately? Like I I feel like in my leagues I'm fielding three forwards almost every single week now because of the influx we've kind of had. It feels like Fantrax is compensating with some of these transfers. Yeah. I mean, I've had less of an issue with the forward pool than, than, than the defender pool this year, honestly. Oh, defenders are brutal. Yeah, they're so miserable. <laughs> I mean, I honestly, I haven't felt the, the, the forward burn like, like you have, Zach, this year. I mean, it could just be roster construction. But, yeah, I don't know. I've... It's it's been I've even got a league where they the the commissioner allows four uh, he's got he allows four forwards and at the moment my starting lineup's got four and I'm, hmm, yeah interesting huh I think I'm starting three forwards this weekend for the first time since like game week seven or eight mainly because yeah. they've like I I hate even rostering my second forward which is Brian Abuemo. So it's like yeah, that's, that's a no third fun. one. Uh, but I was able to pick up potence. So eh, hopefully, I don't know. We'll see there. But yeah. All right. Let's, yeah. yeah, let's get on to the next one. Yeah. Let's move on here. We've got Brentford hosting Southampton. Uh, Brentford favored by half a goal and an over under in this match of 2.5. Uh, Brentford actually seven unbeaten in the league. Uh, on the bounce so zach why don't you take us through brentford here um what do you like what do you not like is there anybody that is stream worthy anybody you want to avoid yeah brentford um got here seven unbeaten in the league so a team in form at home against a team out of form (laughs) not at home uh so i actually would probably think about streaming somebody um like um, I don't know necessarily how you pronounce his name, but Ajer, Ajer, however you pronounce it, um, at like the right center back spot. Yeah. He should be good. Uh, obviously, Penix, a locked and loaded defender. I think a defender one, since we were just talking about how bad defenders are. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is such a lock this week. Um, and I could see starting to Silva. I've actually seen him picked up in both of my leagues. Which kind of confused me, honestly, but <laughs> in this matchup, it's like a, you're like mid four five, just to try and get the six points that would be expected of someone at that position. I get it. Um, I just don't think he has a lot of upside, and I always worry about him finishing matches. Mm-hmm. And I actually have the same concern about Adozi on the other side, who would be a similarly placed, but. Uh, different position forward um, where it's just, you know, the same, the same issue. It seems like he just gets yanked after 60 minutes, even though he's one of the more effective players on that team. Um, But maybe we see a stock rise with the addition of Paul. Oh, from gank. 
Um, I think you nailed it. My, uh, obviously. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he is a tree. He is the new photosynthesis king, in my opinion. Isn't and, he like 6'7"? Yeah, maybe even 6'8". Jesus. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so if we were to see a dozy get maybe some crosses in, he's the type of guy who can make the most of, of service. So we shall see. Peter, what do you have to add on this matchup for me? Um, Not much. I mean, other than... I th- I th- you know, I think it's interesting that Brentford didn't sign any sort of replacement striker, as far as I can tell, for what we thought was kind of a, an impending Tony um, suspension for the gambling. So mm-hmm. maybe they know something we don't, and Tony owners can stop trying to, you know, <laughs> trade him out for whatever they can at the moment. I don't know. But I thought it was odd they didn't sign you know, a real kind of like for like replacement. So we'll have to, we'll have to keep an eye on that. Other than that. Uh, yeah. I've, I've got nothing else. Yeah. I kind of forgot about the Tony incident, like entirely until we were going through this show sheet. And it's like, crap. I forgot that he's like still possible suspension, but I don't think they would do it. Would they do it in the middle of the season? I mean, or would it just be like very it's very ambiguous right now reading on it online there's not a real good tell mm-hmm. about when the the you know the punishment's going to come down or if it's going to come down anytime soon i haven't i've seen nothing that is for certain so it's it's yeah it's tough to it's tough to say at the moment yeah so i mean i guess ignorance is bliss and just ignore it for now <laughs> just if, like what if you're a tony owner yeah you just yeah. keep rostering him, and you keep starting him week in and week out because he's still scoring. So, yeah, you just ride the wave, and then it all comes crashing down. But you'll be fine. By then, Good. hopefully, the season's over, or you're in dead last, and it won't matter. Um, <laughs> next matchup we've got here is Brighton Bournemouth. Brighton favored by a goal and a half, and the over under is sitting right about two point seven five. So not quite three, but um, Brighton. Um, they're pretty much flying right now. Um, they are scoring a ton and Matoma is a God with the ball at his feet. Um, but I mean, can Bournemouth slow these guys down? And if they do, who the hell from Bournemouth are you even going to play in this matchup, Zach? I'd consider... Uh, Watara as like a forward two. I think he is, looks to be a dynamic player uh, coming off that, I believe, left side. Uh, we shall see where he lands. No, right side. My bad. Um, <clears throat> and I think he could work well with the rest of this team that may possess a little bit more upside than people think, but don't let it get out of hand. He's, you know, you're looking for like eight or ten points out of him. He mm-hmm. likes to dribble, so that's good. And hopefully he can put in some full 90s um, in that spot. And I know they've made a couple other signings too, but we will see how those guys integrate over the next uh, few matches. That's pretty much it for me, though. I, I don't think I'd start anywhere else unless like Tavernier plays. Yeah, there is a chance that um, Tavernier comes back from injury and – What's interesting is the entire Bournemouth squad 
is considered streamable right now. Their top two assets in Dominic Solanke and Philip Billing are 55% rostered. So there's a good chance you could get any Bournemouth asset you wanted in your league, which, I mean, if you're really that desperate for a Bournemouth asset, uh, I think you probably have other problems. But um, just know that they're probably out there. Uh Peter, why don't you take us through this Brighton squad? I mean, outside Matoma, this squad seems to be humming along under Deserby. Uh, who are you looking at in this matchup? Well, I'm keeping an eye on Ferguson because he got absolutely destroyed by uh, oh Fabinho. 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 Thank you. This week it was it was the whole sequence was quite funny because when Fabinho did it, he you know he gave that. Oh uh, shit! Right, smile, yeah. The, the <laughs> shit, I, 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 I know what I know what color card is coming out, mm-hmm. and so he got away with it. But it, it all looked so aggressive. Apparently, Ferguson is not as the the, the repercussions aren't as bad as it looked. But, uh, but yeah, if he's not starting, I think Danny Welbeck is a you know perfectly fine streamer. Uh, yeah, Nate, you've got you know Undaver and CISO as streamers too, and. Uh, I mean, other than that, Adam Lalana's out, so you may see Jeremy Sarmiento too, like tuck into that ten mm-hmm. spot. You know, he hasn't really shown much in terms of uh, his productivity, even when he does start and get any sort of significant playing time. But you know, it's a pretty decent matchup. So I'm, you know, I'm rolling everybody out from Brighton I can that has uh, has historically proven themselves worthy. So one thing for, I guess, both of you guys real quick, uh, the center backs for Brighton, I know they don't score well. They're all basically under 30% rostered, and for good measure, they don't they don't score well. They don't, I mean, I think Brighton's kept two clean sheets in their last 10 games. Um, are any of those players in play going up against this Bournemouth side, Peter? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's uh, there's enough probability of a clean sheet that you know i'd stream one in 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 hopes that happened it's a great matchup for for brighton you you know i don't know enough about van hecke yet because he's in for levi Caldwell. but Mm -hmm. i'll go dunk or veltman if he's playing on the right side and you know you 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 may see Tariq lamptey even pop over to the on that right that right back spot but this is one of those games i'm comfortable streaming one of the what or any of the Brighton large center backs, yeah, yeah. Zach, what are the chances that you stream all three of them and just go with an entire Brighton backline this weekend? I would not, I would not <laughs> do that. I'd, I'd actually probably only start a stupid on out of the five, out of the four of them. Um, Lamptey, I'd consider, but the center backs, I'm still out on for the time being. I need more of a sample size to look at for the Van Heck. I'd rather start. Um, a few other guys on this slate than uh, one of these defenders. I guess one one question would be like, would you rather start Tete or would you rather start one of the center backs? Yeah, that's true. I mean, I guess with the center backs, I'd start Tete. Yeah, I mean, with these Brighton center backs, you're banking on a clean sheet, and they're at most going to get you like twelve points, and that's with the six points clean sheet bonus. So that would be a beautiful return, twelve points. Yeah, I was just looking at their last clean sheet and what they scored, and it was right about 12 points. Yeah. So, 
Or I guess uh, in Lewis Dunk's case, when they had a clean sheet against Liverpool, he got 6.25. <laughs> so what yeah. the fuck was he doing all game? <laughs> oh my I mean, God. they have a 51% chance of a clean sheet. Um, so figure the expected value of their clean sheet points would be three. Three points extra. Yeah. Um, but they could also lose minus two, so... Who knows? Fair. Uh, but it, they're a good shot for a clean sheet. I just don't think I'd go with the center backs yet since that's like the only reason I'd even look to them. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like that game can be dangerous to play. I'd rather go with someone else who goes a bit better and still has some chance of a clean sheet. But yeah, uh, to each their own. Fair enough. Uh, let's move on here to the... Uh, I guess this team is one of the double game week teams. So... One of the more interesting matchups to look at, we've got Manchester United hosting Crystal Palace. Uh, United here is favored by one and a quarter goals, and the over-under is sitting right about two and a half. So it looks like Christian Eriksen is going to be out until almost May. They're saying late April. So, Peter, he's like an automatic drop, right? Um... Yeah, I'm trying to think if I had him. And yeah, you know, he's yeah. If it's if it's till late April, he's gone and then I'm going to go try to get Sabitzer when he comes in. You think he's going to be worth I mean, let's say you have the top 5 waiver claim, you think he's worth spots like 3 through 5? <laughs> Well, I, I definitely have a few guys ahead of him, but, but, yeah, I mean, he doesn't have the vision that Erickson does, but he's I I actually watched uh, Leipzig quite a bit when he was there, and he was he's a lot more physical than Christian Erickson, and mm-hmm. he's a lot he's he he's a lot better under pressure, and he's a lot better when there's a guy on his back. So, uh, I I kind of obviously he was kind of a bit part player at at Bayern, but. I mean, they're bringing him in as a direct replacement. There's, you know, Scott McTominay is not going to take Erickson's spot. So I'd use, you know, four, five on Sabitzer, sure. Okay. Yeah, I would agree. I think he's probably going to be taking over that Erickson role. I don't know how he's going to make it his own or if he's just going to try and be a part of the – Uh, just another cog in the machine i think that uh the one downside is bruno fernandez probably just takes over all set pieces at this point so that might eat into some of sebitzer's production um still remains to be seen but yeah i don't think he's that guy either i don't think he's a he's a free kick taker and even if he was i mean even with erickson gone i mean rashford i mean rashford takes a nasty free kick too and i think he's right True. up there alongside fernandez when they come around yeah maybe knowing not, yeah maybe not balls into the box but direct free kicks where they're shooting i mean rashford is you know yeah. right there knowing that man united has a double game week are you basically starting anybody from the united squad that starts in this matchup against palace i still despise having to start any of their center backs <laughs> and, and, yeah, I don't like any of their center backs. I I don't know. 
and even some of the holding mids, like if McTominay starts this first game, I, I'm, it's a no for me. If Fred starts this first game, that's a maybe for me. But, you know, all the attacking folks, sure. Mm-hmm. I am really hoping that we see a return of, uh... oh, my God, he's been out so long, I forget his name. The right back. Jesus Christ. Dallo. Oh, Diego Dallo? Yeah. I'm literally picturing him in my head, and I'm like, what's your name? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm really hoping that we see a return from him because I roster him in, like, two leagues, and he's just been sitting there doing nothing. So... I wonder if for Ten Hogs forgotten him, too. That's true. He probably yeah, did. He was, I mean, he was top five defender before he got injured, too, so he's... He's, he's, he's premium. Yeah, yeah. That's definitely a big miss, especially in the defender pool that we've already talked about it's yeah. very uh lacking um zach this crystal palace side i mean <laughs> it, zaha is he still a for sure start week in and week out is he healthy uh from what i've seen it looks like he's i mean kind of questionable for this weekend they haven't really said anything on it right yeah, it looks like he's questionable. I mean, if he starts, I don't know. I mean, this offense sucks. <laughs> I'm so fed up with Zaha. You know, I he's, I'm, I've had him on the bench the last couple weeks, yeah. just because I'm fed up with him. I've been starting. I've got Eze on the same team, and I'm starting Eze over him happily. I think right I'm now. at that point too. Uh, I normally am like super, super patient and. Um, you know, let the stats speak for themselves, and he's just going to be a boomer bust guy. But there be there kind of comes a point where the boomer bust starts losing its appeal when it's simply bust ninety five percent of the time. So mm-hmm. I'm they're one of the lowest you know chance creating goal scoring teams in the league, and against Manu at Manu, he's partially injured might not even play the whole game like there's just yeah. not a lot going for him i think i'd rather start another forward option on yeah. the slate which there should be enough of and he's got to um, go up against juan basaka who is you know juan basaka was mm-hmm. built to guard wilf zaha mm-hmm. like, like case case in point I'll, I'll give you a couple comparisons would you rather start uh dango Avtara or wilf zaha Ayotara just because of the matchup. Yeah. Pats and Daka or Will Zaha? Zaha. Mm, yeah, probably Zaha. Okay. But. Brandon Buemo or Will Zaha? Ugh. <laughs> That's a See, you're up. jaded because you've been rostering him rather than streaming him. Yeah. I mean, well, the one time I, like, decided to bench him, he scored, like, 30 points against Liverpool, and I will never forget. I will never forget that. He's dead to me. I probably still go Zaha there simply because he's on pins. Yeah. Zaha, I mean, we'll do this, like, in the offseason, I'm sure, when it comes to, like, draft prep, but Zaha is the first name on my undraftables list. I will <laughs> never draft him again. I will never roster him again. He he's just, just makes that, you believe and then he's just that frustrating. out of your body. Yeah. I mean, he had five points against Man United, like, two weeks ago. So, 
Yep. Nothing's going to change. I agree. I think we, we're all kind of in lockstep on this one. I just wanted to kind of contextualize what we mean when we say we, we don't really want to start him. Yeah. Uh, is there anybody on this team you do want to start going into this matchup? Peter? Yeah. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> Listen, the only person I would start and would be interested in is, is Elise. He's approaching uh, – He you know, he's really approaching – uh, that matchup proof status because he, you know, he takes a lot of the free kicks and he, I mean, he's comfortable with any sort of defensive matchup and he just, I mean, he's good. He's a, he's a great fan tracks option, even against a team that is, is, uh, is, is good defensively. I'm like, I've got him on a couple teams. I'm starting him in both, not even thinking about it. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. Mostly because he does get the set pieces. I mean, we saw him score against United those two weeks ago, and he killed it. Um, yeah, I mean, between – well, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Between him and Eze, I think those two are pretty much 1A and 1B, and then Zaha's kind of becoming an afterthought of those three. Um, I mean, would either of you – Stream check to Corey this week. Uh, no. Knowing, knowing that he had one more point than Zaha. No, I mean as a as a floor player, if I'm going to stream somebody, I know I can go find a winger who's who's got, you know, who'd be more of a moonshot. But that's just that's just the way I operate in fantasy. I I want the moonshot over the floor every yeah. time. In, in a streaming capacity. Plays, so. Yeah. Like you'd rather stream, if you needed a midfielder, you'd rather stream like Tyler Adams because you know he has a double game week as long as he's healthy. Uh, That's a player I don't like at all. <laughs> but maybe yeah, I would I say I would say yes, and sim- but only because of the double game week. If you ask yeah. me, they have single game weeks, I go to, I go to Corey. Oh, yeah, 100%. What about Mark Rocca? Uh, Are they the same player to you? We'll get to him later. Because <laughs> he's on a certain list later in the episode. <laughs> that's, that's what we call a teaser. <laughs> uh, well, let's move on from that real quick. I'll answer that question later. But let's move on to Wolves-Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool is favored by half a goal in this one. And the over-under is just under three, sitting at 2.75. Um has this Wolves team looked any different to you at all, Zach, since uh, the new managers come in, Lopetegui? It's kind of a trick question um, because I refuse to spend two hours of my time with the Wolverhampton <laughs> Wanderers. I refuse um, to watch Wolves, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't watch them ever, can't, won't. Um, I will actually be watching this one because they're playing Liverpool, and that'll be the only reason. Uh, but to the same effect, uh, they have been scoring somewhat better. I think they played City last, so frankly, I'm just going to wipe any teams playing against Arsenal or City as just they didn't even play. Mm-hmm. Um, so I... you. Is it bad to say that I actually don't hate a Wolves defender this week? Which one? 
or any of them. Tomato or Gilman, one of the two. I just yeah. don't like Bueno because he gets subbed for Aitmari. That's fair, but it's usually he gets subbed after the 60th minute. So if they're winning and they haven't given up a goal yet, he still gets a clean sheet bonus. Up a goal and you'll need some more points out of him. <laughs> and you're fucked. <laughs> so, That's true. I, I again I I like I like playing games with clean sheets, but you don't only want to target the clean sheet, especially here. I just think no, they I wouldn't target it against make Liverpool. It out of this one with like maybe only one goal against, but that's just because this entire Liverpool team is so out of form. On the flip side, I actually love Liverpool defenders. The next four weeks, their matchups are um, actually quite beautiful. Um, I believe they have. What they got? Wolves. They've got, I think, Crystal Palace. They've got, yeah, Everton and Newcastle. Yeah, Wolves, Everton, Newcastle, Crystal Palace. And then they get Bournemouth two weeks after that. So hmm. all those matchups are really actually not bad defensively. Newcastle have been like stout defensively, don't get me wrong, but they've kind of done it at some of the sacrifices of their attack. Mm hmm. Not that they're playing them this week, but they've got some really good matchups coming up. So I don't know if you could trade in Robertson or Trent at this point on like a super super low. That could be a, a sharp move. Uh, I mean, you so. could probably trade in Trent because didn't he just not start a game? I think so. I think Milner started over him. Yeah. So yeah, it, was, it was the Chelsea game. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean. <laughs> I don't think his trade value has been any lower because people were trying to trade him in during the World Cup because they think that there's going to be a bounce after the World Cup. There has not been a bounce yet. So, um, one of my I mean, I, I started. I'm starting Gomez Robertson, and I was going to start Konate too. Uh, now and I'm now he's hurt. Whether I want to start Matip. Yeah, that's yeah, that's unfortunate. Those center back pairings are just getting demolished for Liverpool right now. Yeah. Pretty soon you can start Nathaniel Phillips. It's true. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I could. <laughs> so outside of the defenders, the Liverpool attackers are all like gone. Um obviously they're probably all rostered outside of like Oxlade Chamberlain. You could definitely start him if you wanted to. Um but is there anybody else in this Liverpool side that you would look at going out and getting and possibly streaming in this matchup? Yeah, I mean, Zach, how do I pronounce his name? Bacetic? B- Bacetich? Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You know, he. You know, he's kind of the uh, the guy that's doing everything right now. I mean, I haven't watched the games recently, Zach, but Fantrax has him that he's played – I mean, is he in center back? Is he playing holding mid? What's what's he doing for you? Because he's ghosting really well. He plays like a six. Okay. Um, he's roughly six foot, six one. So he's kind of just a feisty, uh, kind of what we need Fabinho to be at this point. Uh, I mean, is he gonna I mean, is he gonna continue to start? Because I mean, I know he's. Like I think so. 18. Yeah, as long as he keeps playing at a decent rate, because. I mean, we saw Fabinho get the start the other day, and he's not really doing shit. He looks like a shell of his former self. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this and, is and one the of problem the problem is the midfield. Like, if you have one bad midfielder, the other two can kind of 
make up for it a little bit, but it really the only midfielder before him that did anything was Thiago, and he's yeah. not a guy who can completely take everything over. So I think he's going to help, but it's still you got Henderson in there, and both of those two guys are going to have to kind of make up for him because he hasn't been good either. It's been this this season's really been a big drop in class in that midfield from Henderson and Fabinho. Mm-hmm. So I'd almost love to just see like Bacetic, Alcantara, and um, Elliot just Elliot? play run the midfield. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that's not super defensive. So uh, I mean, I haven't watched much of Bacetic, like I said, but based on his per minute fan track scoring, I mean, he's worth a even pick up now and hold him till the weekend because you know if he puts up another double digit game that's you know you know he's you know some eyes start to kind of turn his way and it might be tougher to grab him yeah i mean if you have the and he's classified as a defender too so that kind of helps out big time with those lacking defenders yeah for sure but yeah i'd say if you have the roster flexibility definitely scoop him up even if you just want to hold him i mean this against wolves i wouldn't feel terrible starting him yeah, I think I would prefer him over the Gomez Matip conversation. I just think he might be owned in a lot of leagues. Depend it depends on your league, but both my leagues he's taken already, so I kind of just figure a lot of the sharp ones he's gone. Gotcha. All right, let's move on here. We've got Newcastle hosting West Ham. Newcastle favored by a goal with an over under of two and a half. Um, I don't know if that is still the line now that uh, Bruno has picked up a suspension due to a red card in the League Cup semifinal today. Um, but, Peter, this Newcastle side, I mean, you either roster one of them or you don't because the side doesn't really change and there's really no streaming options available at all. So you're starting all your Newcastle players this game, right? Yeah, I mean, the only big thing this weekend is St. Maximine owners might have one weekend of happiness because he may actually get a start. Other than that, once again, they're they're hot. If you've got them, keep playing them. I mean, you can make an argument about Longstaff. He scored today, you know, Joe Willick. But, you know, it's there's, there's not a lot to say. Start the good ones you know you got, and, you know, we can move on to West Ham and I'll – the problems that they have zach tell me about west ham's problems do they have 99 of them minimum yeah like, <laughs> maybe I, there's just nobody in this matchup i'm starting i i refuse you can't make me do it and i would 100 percent agree we know how good newcastle's defense is we've already talked about it and the west ham offense just does not they just don't score goals i think they average less than one goal a game i think they're sitting at like 0.75 goals a game right now so hold on though i mean you you really i mean if you own jared bowen he was probably your midfield one i mean you're not you're you're not gonna start him (sighs) he has he has improved his output as of late and i think i mean if you got jared bowen i i don't have him but if i do i'm i'm gonna start him here i'm even starting I'd even start Saeed Ben-Rama. I think Jared Bowen 
is a start, especially because he's had a double-digit haul in each of the last four games. Uh, with Bruno Gimmarish being out, that is going to hinder the Newcastle defense, especially in transition. Um, so I could see Bowen ghosting relatively well. I don't think West Ham win this game by any stretch of the imagination, but I think you could make a case for him and possibly Ben Rama. Because Ben Rama's kind of around that same, like, 8 to 10 range if he ghosts well. Well, and and if they're the guys that if something's going to happen, it's going to happen through them. Because they got... I think, I mean, Danny Ings came in, immediately got injured. I think Skamaka's... Classic. Maybe back. Mikael Antonio's their main guy again. And, you know, it's just... If it's going to happen, it's going to come from one of those two guys, you know, running the flanks. So, I... Mm -hmm. You know, could be a a roster construction, you know, have to start type of deal. But I would feel okay starting either of them, especially this would be getting kind of late in the game week. Yeah, I would feel bad if Bowen was like my best player on my team. Okay, here's here's an interesting stat. Guess how many goals Newcastle have given up in their past eight games? Zero. Four. League games? Last, yeah, league games. Four. One, one goal. One goal in eight, eight league games. Oh, Jesus. Yikes. So, not to be the guy okay. with the clever pun here, but do we really think West Ham has the keys to the castle? I, I don't I don't think so. No. Especially when we've seen their offensive output. It's not great. No. No. Okay, I, I that my stat does to, not get much better when you extend it more games. Just letting you know. I take out Ben Rama and I go just. I'll just start. Just Bowen. Bowen. All right. Not, not not Ben Rama. Fair enough. All right. Let's move on to the Sunday games here. We've got Nottingham Forest versus Leeds. This is a pick'em, and the over/under is sitting about two and a half. Um, Zach, run me through this Forest side that are. I mean, they're steadily improving. Um, is anyone really catching your eye and someone that you like want to make sure you have in your lineup? Yeah, I I actually am warming to the idea of starting Renan Lodi after he burned me so bad earlier in the season. Um, I'm a sucker for teams at home. I think they just defend better. And I think Orier is going to be owned in almost every league at this point. So... If you want kind of a, a light version of that, maybe go with Lodi. Um, and then besides that, I don't really love any of the, what I would consider streamable options on, on Forest. We'll see how some of their new signings perform. I know they just got, um, who's that new goalie? Uh, Kaylor, Kaylor, Kaylor Navas. Navas. Yeah. Hmm. They signed a He's, bunch uh, of players again. Of his career, but I mean, they signed one, two, three, four, five, six, seven more, more players after signing twenty or so in the summer. <laughs> I mean, it's That's absurd, right? And and honestly, right as they kind of <laughs> have shown us what the fantasy assets are, we, you know, Brandon Johnson, you know, Morgan Gibbs White, finally after you know back and forth on and off teams all years now turned it on rea is 
doing something, but let's not let's not fall in love with him yet. We Nate, we know we know what he's capable of all too well in terms of consistency and red cards. But not yeah. I don't even know why I talk. Sorry guys. I had I know very little about Nottingham. Don't even I, I it just it hurts my head to think about him. The only thing I know about Nottingham Forest is when they play at home, they're a different animal. Their defensive record at home is actually pretty good. But saying that Leeds, if Leeds had a strength, it would be their attack. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I I agree with the Lodi. Uh, I would start Aurier um, just because we know that they can get in with the attack. And then, obviously, Brennan Johnson, you're starting – He's been going crazy with ghost points and getting on the score sheet. So, yeah, I, a lot of that, like, Forrest midfield, unless they're Morgan Gibbs-White, I think it's just a kind of wait and see because, like you said, they just signed seven more players and we kind of have to go through the same process we did at the beginning of the year to, f- like, okay, where is everybody going to land? Who's going to start? Who's going to play well? Who's going to play in what position? We could see things still evolving for the next right. few weeks. I mean, they. I mean, they signed John Joe Shelby from Newcastle, and I mean, when when he's healthy, he's a. I thought he was dead. He's a competent footballer, but he's just been injured for so long. So. Yeah, I, I don't know, this this team is kind of just. They're too much for me. Yeah, it's overloaded. You have no idea who the hell's gonna play week in and week out, and who's gonna be good. Can um, we just call John Joe Shelby a competent footballer? Okay, he's a competent long passer of the ball. I'll, he's a I'll competent, bald-headed footballer. He he has got a – I bet his long pass percentage is very high. It's probably higher than his short pass percentage. Probably. It's only, higher than the amount of games he's started in the last 10 years. Yeah. If only long passes were, were everything, he, he and Trent would be – Uh, As far as this Leeds side goes, uh, Peter, who are some of the standout players in this Leeds side? Well, with a double game week, if you've got Nyanto, he has some sort of lock on that position. And Sinister is kind of under the radar for me because he was uh, got injured right as he was kind of picking up a little bit of pace and he, he's got a chance to come back this week, so I've grabbed him in a couple leagues, hoping he gets the start. You know, the issue with starting him is if you're relying on a double game week for him, since he's just back from injury, he's, you know, he may get 60 here, 30 there, so you may get cumulatively one out mm-hmm. of the double game week from Sinistera, but it's still somebody I'm I'm comfortable starting just because of his ceiling. Yeah, I think he played in the FA Cup game over the last or last week, I guess, when it will be a week between games. But, um, yeah, I agree there. I think that the two forwards you mentioned, plus uh, the Mark Roca shout from earlier, he's very similar to when I mentioned DeCorey on the double game week a few weeks back. Uh, I think he ended up scoring like 16, 17 points through the double game week, and I think Roca could probably do something similar. Averaging about like right in the six to eight points per game. Sometimes they'll get you a double digit haul. So, I mean, 
at most you're looking for a 16 to 20 point double game week, which would be awesome. So, um, and then what do you guys think about Luke Ailing as far as streaming him up against Nottingham Forest, but then you have to realize they turn around and play Manchester United. Well, I, you know, I, honestly, I've seen the banter on Twitter that he's been that he's been scoring well, but I haven't even looked at him. I, I, he's, he was. I, I think the year they came into the league when it was the, it was the Liverpool four three game where we saw the whole team and everybody was going to grab the assets, and then for about ten weeks, Ailing was useful, and then after that, I feel like it's just been, he's been bad streaming territory and i still feel that way mm-hmm. i a i th- i think he's uh, i think he's quite old too so i'm i'm hesitant to start him and even 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 with the double game week i'm it's not something i'm keen on yeah zach what do you think about this one i think it's a trap <laughs> it looks like a trap but i think it's gonna be a trap that people are gonna it's kind of like when you're, you know, you're going one-on-one in a poker hand and you're already maybe 10, depends what your, what your pot is obviously, but if you're playing like a $20 buy and you're already like $10 deep and all it is is another like four or five bucks to see the final hand. Kind of That's kind of what it feels like playing him. It's like, man, you know, but he's got, he's got that matchup against Nottingham Forest. Like this should be good. He's got two game weeks. Like how does this screw up? Like, I at least got to play him, right? And just if it if it fails, then it's all in the process. It's kind of what it feels like here. I feel like mm-hmm. he's going to disappoint people, but I have no real tangible tangible way of telling you why that is. <laughs> I mean, he I had just avoid him. He had 18.75 points against Brentford. But even if he were to score the two scores that he had the two weeks before that, he had seven and a half and seven. I'd take 14 and a half points over the two games from a defender. No questions asked. I agree. Anytime you can get six points out of a defender is that makes him a defender three all, all day long. But the question is, can he go positive against man United? And does he have a good chance of a clean sheet against forest here? And honestly, yeah. not at the moment. No, not the way that Forrester played. Yeah. I'm, wow, a lot of talk about Luke Ayling. <laughs> I, I don't like Luke Ayling for the double game week, but we'll check back in in a couple weeks and, and see. Yep. All right. I know I would like to get to Weston McKinney, but I don't think he's going to be a Fantrax asset worth having. So I'm just going to skip that decision let's, unless you guys want to talk about it. Let's just chat about him at the end. I, I actually have a question for you guys All right. um, about some of the waiver wire fellas. Okay. There we go. Um, next game up, we've got Tottenham hosting Man City. City favored by .75 goals with an over-under of three. Um, I feel like we just covered this game not too long ago. <laughs> um, and I think the advice is going to stay the same. You avoid the defenders. And you play the attacking assets in this matchup. You play the front three of Tottenham, and you play basically the front five, six players of Man City because I think they played with a front four the last time they played Tottenham. So, um, Peter, we'll throw it to you first, fellow Spurs fan. So, well, my question is, if you, I mean, I think 
Pedro Porro is one, you know, one of the most attractive assets to get off the waiver wire from January. Uh, well, over the last three days, um, if you get him, do you start him in this match? And for me, I think I would, I would have to simply just hoping that he he is the player that his FB ref page sh- uh, shows he is. Just mm-hmm. all out attacking, no defense, just everything. Uh, you, you know, goal creating actions, shot creating actions, they're huge. And so, hopefully, I mean, I if I get him, I'm starting him in this game. I know we said no defenders, but just out of curiosity, I feel like I have to do it. I mean, you guys feel the same? I don't think he'll get more than twenty minutes in the game. Well, well, if 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 he starts though, yeah, you gotta um, wouldn't the, wouldn't your curiosity? get the better of you may not use Zach, but Nate as a Spurs fan. <laughs> no, probably not because Still I no. know what they've done me. I, dude, <laughs> Tottenham kill me week in and week out. Like I hate myself nine times out of 10 after a game week, but uh, I just don't like, I know what he's capable of and I really do hope he is that guy, but going up against city i'm like all right let's pump the brakes you've been here for all of like 24 hours i'm not just gonna throw you to the wolves so here's some context i i i bet he starts here's some context parasic played 68 minutes against city on the 19th he lost four to two if you didn't already remember i forgot one and a half points yeah, Perisic is also like a hundred and six years old. As a, but as a midfielder, he didn't get he didn't get any the negative points. points. Any of those goals, and he yeah. got one and a half. It's because he got fucking burnt the entire game. Yeah, Mara's tore him apart. But we just talked about Poro, who's an attacking. I know, I know. No, I, that's what I'm saying. Probably get burned all game. But and he's new. Very little of the ball. <laughs> new is always better. New is. He's new it's, and shiny. If it's the mystery box. Yeah, I'm telling you, look up the mystery box skin on Family Guy. It's exactly what it yes. is. Yes, you could have a boat. <laughs> but so, yeah. sorry, that us mystery on box could be anything. Could, could even be a boat. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I think it's once again, it's it's very self-explanatory. It, yeah. Other than other than the big poro decision, which we'll see. On uh, is this yeah on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, I hope he starts. I hope he plays well. I hope they win, but yeah. I err <laughs> on the side of caution. I err yeah. on the side of reality. That's yeah. that that too. Um, last game of the game week is the double game week matchup between Manchester United and Leeds on Wednesday. Uh, United is favored in this one by 1.25 goals with an over-under of three. Um, I guess, does it even make sense to cover the double game week games? Because you can't change your lineups, and whoever you start in the first match is locked in for the second match. Um, yeah, I say we just move on. I mean, you're you have no choices in this game. Yeah, once you st- I mean, you basically just take the hesitancies into the initial matchup like we were just talking about with Forrest and Leeds. So, if you wouldn't start a Leeds player against Forrest, 
I highly recommend you don't start them at all <laughs> because then you go up against United. So um, kind of the same vein with the United assets. If they start in the first matchup and you know you're getting a positive game against Leeds, uh, you kind of just roll the dice and hope that they start both matches, especially if it's someone that you're streaming. Um, but do you guys have any words of wisdom to add to that at all? You're telling me if Luke Ailing doesn't start the first game, you're not starting this week. <laughs> I'm done talking about Luke Ailing, okay? <laughs> yeah, no. I he has served that. his purpose. The only thing I'd say is what about a United asset that doesn't start the first game but could start a positive matchup at home against Leeds? You're going to risk a starting player in the hopes that he plays against Leeds? Well, let's say like Anthony doesn't start or Veghorst doesn't start in the first game. Greens are probably starting in this one and getting sub minutes in the first. I am very weary of starting a player in the hopes of him playing a second match in a double game week. Hmm. That's just me though. I think I would I think I would I this is maybe where I differ from you too. I think I'd start both of those guys depending on my forward lineup or my midfield lineup. If I knew they were active for the first game with no injuries and didn't start, but maybe maybe that pens a little bit on Martial for Veghorst. But yeah, I mean, I, I would feel pretty I, confident they'd start the second of the two if they don't start the first. I think I did it when City had the double game week and I started Grealish, even though he didn't start in the first match. But you kind How'd of that work out. He scored. I'm pretty sure, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He scored. He ended up with like. 15 17 points something like that but he is a player that when he doesn't start he comes off the bench i'm pretty sure he's appeared in almost every game Mm -hmm. but like you know for sure he's going to play just you know for sure that anthony and veghorst are gonna play yeah that's true he's played almost every game at least 30 minutes most games he started. I mean, you, you probably don't even have this issue. I actually think they both start. I'm just just, uh, just tossing it out there. That's the only thing that I would debate about this game. Other than that, I agree that they don't start the first. They're not yeah. starting for me. Peter, do you have anything to add to that? Mm-hmm. Nah. United <laughs> games early enough in the game week. <clears throat> it's yeah. a Saturday game that if, if my guy's not starting, I mean, unless it's Rashford for some reason, and it's but yeah, no, I I would I would find another option, especially if it was like a a fringe guy anyway, like Veghorst or something. I'd find another option. Fair enough. All right, let's wrap this up. I think I hear my baby getting hungry. Um, <laughs> let's run through our starts of the week here. Um, we'll kick off with defenders first. Uh, Peter, why don't you get us started? Uh, for me, Aaron Juan Basaka. Because, as I said earlier, Zaha is in just a pitiful form, and Juan Basaka was built to defend him. And uh, that's just, yeah, I like him in this situation. I like Moises Saicedo because of the matchup. I think they played Bournemouth, yeah, and they just they have a very weak midfield. Saicedo should really walk up and down the field and, and mm-hmm. 
in games where he's not spending a lot of his time dealing with you know credible competent midfielders he fi- he really joins the attack a fair amount when he's not having to put in tackles when they when they're able to build up slowly rather than him winning the ball back and then and then breaking he finds himself in decent offensive positions so i like him this weekend and then uh dango utara for for bournemouth on the other side of that match simply because he had an exciting first outing and he could be a player that uh in a team kind of lacking some 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 dynamism on the offensive end especially without tavernier he looks like a you know a prospect for you know maybe a rest of the season hold if he's going to be their their main guy so yeah that's what i got zach run us through yours yeah all matchup based or double game week based um i've got joe gomez at center back who should deputize this week since uh konate's out there's probably no chance that he's benched i was i was projecting him to start with konate before anyways uh, mm-hmm. But I think he'll score well, uh, and they play Wolves, so it's like how how much damage can Wolves really do? Um, if you know, God, I hope they can't. Uh, you know, so as a defender in you know matchup based uh, game, I, I think he could do pretty well, ghosting, getting some aerials maybe, and he's got that clean sheet upside, so he's good. Uh, and then we got. For midfield and kind of similarly in attack, I've got Fred and Bout Veghorst, both for Man United with a double game week. I bet they, I bet they at least start one of the two, um, and Fred probably starts both of them since we've got uh, Erickson out for pretty much the rest of the season, unless you see Sabitzer come in and start the second game, uh, since I think his transfer was just confirmed recently. Yep, sure was. All right, and for my starts of the week, I've got uh, Betty Ashley in defense. I think he's come in and made Chelsea a little bit more solid in the back, and they've looked pretty good in defense as of late. Um, a midfielder, we just talked about him, Mark Roca. I think he is the Czech Decore type uh, for a double game week. He can get you probably eight points in both matchups. And then for attackers, I've actually got two options here um i think potence going up against liverpool is a good option um the center back pairing of gomez and Matip could be exploited and then uh, depending on if ferguson starts or not i've got undav or Nciso, whoever could possibly come in for him whoever's in that forward spot i would start them um no questions asked and then to wrap things up zach I know you've been dying to ask it, so let's get to this question. Well, I wouldn't say dying. Uh, <laughs> I, I think it should be something we review for the people. Um, what do we think of these five assets, and what order would you rank them in a vacuum? Say your team needs. Say your team's empty, you know, and you could pick one of these th- five guys to start out with. Uh, would you go with Poro, Tete, Sabitzer, Sutar, or Enzo Fernandez, and rank them? Uh, say it one more time. Okay, so we got Pedro Poro, uh-huh. Tete, Marcel Sabitzer, Sutar, and Enzo Fernandez. 
I think I go Poro. Fernandez, Sabitzer, and Sutar is the defender for Leicester, right? Correct. The tree. Yeah. Yeah, that's the order. Poro, Fernandez, Tete, Sabitzer, and Tree. Tree. Okay. We got a couple of trees coming in. Now, a couple other questions, or one more question, I guess. Would you put any of McKenny, Danjuma, or Paul Onuachu in there over any of those five? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, I know very little about this Leicester defender, but while a good defender would have value, I mean, not Danjuma. I don't think he's going to play much. Who are the other two? I keep forgetting. <laughs> McKenny, Danjuma, and Onuachu. The one oh, the big gosh. guy going to Southampton. Yeah. Who I mean don't really seem to score many goals. I mean it's hard we talk about, you know, ranking these guys most of them, you know, we don't watch week in week out, so we don't it's it's hard to really judge them and rank them, especially once you get down to that lot there. I mean, I assume McKenny is going to they're going to find a spot for him in the Leeds team. So I guess I would, I would put McKinney at five and knock out the uh, Sutar. Mm -hmm. But the other two, I just, it's so up in the air. I don't, I don't know enough about them. Nate, what about you? Oh, Nate had to go. I think his baby uh, needed dinner. So it's just you and I, Zach. Oh, <laughs> I scared him away with the question. huh? Yeah. Well, what did um, you, I mean, did you have him ranked? Yeah, I mean, I think I'd go Poro. Poro is a unanimous number one, it seems like. Uh, but after that, it starts getting hairy. I think then you get into the like, okay, do I need a consistent starter? Or do I need a guy with some upside? If you're looking for a consistent starter, I think Tate might actually be, Tate might actually be number two for me. Yeah, I can see it for this sure. One objectively, like Enzo Fernandez, they paid a lot of money, so he'll probably start every game as well. But he's going to play more holding, whereas Tate will play more attacking, but in like a really bad lesser team. Um, but could get dribbles. We've seen plenty of players play on bad teams and do well. So I think I'd probably go Poro, Tate, Enzo. And then it gets really hairy for me. It's like, okay, do I need a mid, a defender, or forward? Then, then it's kind of between Sabitzer, Sutar, and Onuachu for me. Yeah, I mean the the Onuachu guy. I mean Trey Adams is doing all right. I mean he scored against Newcastle today in their in their League Cup semifinal. But it's you know it's one of those ones. Wait and see if he scores in his first game. You know, maybe grab him and see if it uh, and see if it continues. There's, I mean, there's going to be so much of that with all these new players that have just entered the league. So we'll see. It's always a fun time to see how good you are at the waiver wire. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that wraps everything up for today. Uh, thanks to everyone for joining us uh, at the Premier League on Tap. Make sure you give us a follow at PL underscore on tap for redraft fantasy premier league 
content. And uh, as always, we'll see you next time. Cheers, guys.